0: Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by Blue Water Climate Control. Be sure and check them out at BlueWaterClimateControl.com. Give them a buzz at 865-299-2290. That's Blue Water Climate Control for all your HVAC needs. Whatever you got going on, they'll take care of it from clean outs to rebuilds to overhauls new systems whatever you need they're going to take care of you with the right repair the right way that's at blue water climate control with austin price and rob lewis i'm brent hubs glad to have you along with us on this tuesday as the volunteers going to scrimmage here this morning we'll have more details of the scrimmage coming up this afternoon after we meet with josh heupel but um guys what is important for this team for this scrimmage austin i'll start with you what do you think is important for scrimmage number two
1: Start kind of figuring out, you know, who you can count on, figure out who your quarterback's going to be, figure out what playmakers you can count on both sides of the ball, kind of figure out, you know, I don't know if you have to necessarily have your five down, but you need to start figuring out what combination of offensive line works. Um, you know, is that K to tackle? Is it K to guard? You know, I mean, can you afford to play K to, at guard with, with, with how thin you are at tackle? I mean, I, I just think that ultimately you've got to figure out your best combination uh, at several different positions, but specifically offensive line
2: and quarterback. Rob, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, the quarterback is the most obvious thing in the room, but I mean, two weeks, I mean, essentially two weeks out from playing your first game, I mean, I think you need to know who your top two are and you can start structuring practice that way that those two guys get all the reps. I mean, it's – somebody's feelings are going to be hurt after tomorrow, but, I, I mean, I just don't think there's any way around it. I mean, I think you have to do it. I don't think you can keep repping three guys two weeks, you know, before you play and giving all three guys an equal shot. I mean, tomorrow – time to have a hard conversation with somebody tomorrow. And to your coach, hopefully that conversation's made easier because it's pretty apparent, you know, players know. And uh, I'm with AP, not just on the offensive line, but I think everywhere uh, you need to leave this one with a pretty good idea of what your two deep is across the board. So you can start, you know, here's your scout team guys. Here's the guys are getting live reps in practice. I and mean, I, I think you need to have a good handle on what your, what your top 44 looks like when you leave tomorrow. I, I may be wrong in this,
0: but, and I don't want to, I'm not trying to cause any kind of panic or anything like that. It feels like this is a big day for, for the offense. This is a big scrimmage for the offense. And not just because the defense had the better of them in, in the first scrimmage, but you just haven't heard a ton of buzz about this offense. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like every time you ask, it seems like they have a, having a harder time getting in rhythm. And I know Josh Heupel, Austin, said that, you know, they're on track and everything's going to be fine. But if they're going to be on track, then I, then I think this is a day where the offense has got to bounce back pretty good and, and they've got to get some things going. I, I think for the overall offense, finding some rhythm, it's time for that, that unit to move in, in that direction because I think they've just been a little helter-skelter through the first couple of weeks of fall camp. At least that's
1: the vibe I get. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's the vibe I got about this offense. They've got to be clean, and 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 they I think they've got to come motivate. I mean, both. I mean, you know, I think that several position rooms, you know, heard, you know, following last Thursday's scrimmage about how their defensive counterparts, you know, beat them up pretty good, and so – if you've got any pride in you, you come motivated, ready to flip the script, uh, to, you know, later today. And, and then, you know, uh, like I said, you've got to be clean. Part of that starts with starting at first and 10 and not first and 15, like they did several times last Thursday and not playing behind the chain. So, you know, I, I think it's a combination of everything. But to me, it's nothing they can't correct. To me, that's a good sign. Like these are the mistakes they made last week are things that are correctable.
0: Rob, defensively, I mean, I know Josh Heupel is going to play it down the middle that, you know, you, you don't want one side of the ball to dominate, and certainly nobody's done that. But but there's got to be a little more – got to be sleeping a little better at night, don't you, if, if you're on this Tennessee coaching staff with, with with the kind of what you're hearing about the defense and what you're seeing about the defense on, on the practice field. I mean, it's, they're a very different-looking unit, and they're a different performing unit Unit right now than they were at any point in the spring.
2: Yeah, and I wonder. And I'm not trying to say anything negative about somebody coming from, you know, UCF's conference because it's proven time and time again. I mean, Urban Meyer went from Bowling Green to Utah to to you know the Hall of Fame. I mean, you guys can can coach at lower levels but once if they get a chance. But I just wonder. You look at all the Power Five experience on that on the defensive side of the ball, and I wonder if that's kind of shown up in the sense of urgency they know they need to have for what they're going to see this fall. And again, I'm not denigrating the other other guys at all because I do not believe that you have to have play, you know, coach in the sec to be successful. I just think maybe it makes it easier at the start to know where that bar is at and how hard you maybe, maybe need to push your kids.
0: That's an interesting point because, you know, we've heard from, we've heard from a bunch of assistant coaches and, and, on the on the particularly the offensive assistants have had very kind remarks, glowing remarks about any individual player ask about. It. And I and I know Josh Heupel's, you know, about positivity, positivity. Rodney Garner was as real as anybody's ever gonna be. Now that's Rodney's personality, but but you know, Rob, he talked about guys needing to understand the standard. He even referenced it in the press conference. I think. Um you wrote you wrote about, about him. I think he said something, if I'm recalling right. Like, that, that this is not the Pac-8, 12, 14, or big whatever. I mean, this is the SEC, and it's different. You've even heard some of his players talk about it's the SEC. It's different. Um, when you talk about Caleb Tremblay and, and Terry, it, it does feel like that those veteran guys maybe are, are 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 talking a little bit more in
2: that way. Yeah, I could say I mean, I, And I think that the message is reflected from their head coach. I'd be interested to see – here. I mean, you know, Willie Martinez is not he's not wired that way Rodney is I don't think he's going to come down hard on kids um, but I mean Rodney's wired differently and I wonder if that doesn't you know didn't show up and because that's the unit that Josh Eiple was talking about the most after last Thursday's scrimmage work was the defensive line it wasn't close and and you wonder if you know bringing some of that tough love the way he has is it the reason for that
0: Yeah. And and it it is, I mean, there's an adjustment period here, Austin. I mean, the transfer players, as I mentioned, have talked about this. I mean, from the media attention to the intensity of practice, I mean,
1: for those guys, it's different and it's something they're adjusting to. Yeah. To the depth, you know, of, you know, hey, how many many guys were better than, you know, DJ Terry at Kansas? So constantly he's up there at the front of the line. Well, there are other guys on par with him here. So it's not like he's just, you know, at at the front of the line over and over again. So, um you know i i I think all that matters i think it's easier for a guy like brandon turnage who's coming from alabama i mean to me like the speed and everything to me for him is probably a lot slower you know or the wow factor or the attention or any of that stuff than guys like kamal hadden who came you know was at auburn for a semester but you know before that was juco for dj terry for caleb tremblay i mean i get USC is a powerhouse school but the attention there and and the kind of intensity around SEC football is totally different than Pac-12 football. So Tennessee's going to have to rely on all those guys, um, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to uh, you know to, to, to be a factor this fall. And hey, it's just such a you know, everybody again. Everybody, how, how many people were making snap judgments off the defense in the spring? Because I heard several. <laughs> and, I was, yeah, I was too. way different looking group. Way different. I mean, just if you, if you just add back the guys that were injured, they're a way different group. Then you add in all the guys we just talked about, and it's just night and day. Now, does that mean they're gonna be the 85 Bears? Absolutely not. But they're also not, you know, matadors either, going, okay, oh, hey. and, and and those teams run by.
0: Yeah, and I think I think you have to be careful not to make snap judgments about about anything. Um, with the limited sample size that we see and 100 oh, and just now heading into the to the second scrimmage and i, I want to be clear that I'm not saying that I, I, i'm i am personally surprised that the offensive line maybe has not performed better than what they performed at to this point um, you know that's one of my bigger surprises from a quote negative side if you will on the flip side of that rob Byron Young's a lot better than I thought he was going to be and and I know I know Rodney was tempered. and I know you've been talking about Byron Young all fall camp but but he's causing some people some problems and a lot of people that are watching him practice say he's going to cause a lot of people some problems um all, all year long. I mean th- this is a this is a great land by the, by Tennessee and and it's a guy who you might have to scheme a little bit for but at some point in time this season if you're in offense.
2: Yeah, and it's a perfect. Scenario. I mean, it's a, it's a dream scenario for Tennessee. If it, I mean, if it works out, he doesn't have to be an All SEC guy. If he's a, if he's an above average All SEC player, that's such a tremendous upgrade at a spot where they were dying for help. I mean, just dying for for somebody that could come off the edge with some explosion, with some dynamics, and affect the passing game. And they got, you know, maybe Tyler Barron turns into that guy, but he's not a, he's he, he's not a quick twitch guy like By- Byron Yaga. I mean, but he can, I believe, Tyler could be a force out there, but. He's not gonna, you know, embarrass the left, you know, the left tackle by getting there. and just to go from having nothing at that position to having some hope. I mean, that's a big development camp.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. I think another development, Austin, is on the offensive side. We talked about this in the two-minute drill. Darnell Wright's different. You know, does does that mean he's an all-world player? I'm not saying that, but I mean, here's a guy that started out fall camp as the number two left tackle. He was number two left tackle all spring. And and he's sort of solidifying himself at that left tackle spot. And, and it looks like a guy who's gaining in some confidence, you know, with, with each passing
1: day. At least that's what it feels like. Well, you know, he actually was at right tackle in the spring. That's, I mean, right. He, that's right. You know, so like he didn't move to left tackle the first day of fall camp, which is why he was number two. And, and quickly kind of ascended there to number one. Um, and then they started moving, you know, Dane Davis over to the right side. You're right, Um, To, to run behind Cade. So it's clear they want Darnell to be the guy. He looks like a million dollars. He looks so good compared to what he was the last couple of years. And, again, I think confidence-wise, little things matter to these kids. Like, I, I know some people don't get it, but being in your old number 58 that you were in high school, I think that mattered to him. Being back on the left side, which is where he wanted to play, coming out of Huntington but they put him on the right side when he got here is 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 something that I think mattered to him and then I think he really enjoys Ellerby and I think he really enjoys his teammates he's gotten close with Caden Cooper those three hang out a lot and uh you know I think he's just in a much better space mentally than he was um a year ago and and physically obviously we've talked about the uh the improvement. Um, that's why when you know when I said in the interview twenty five plus pounds, and then somebody said, "Well, what do you? What did you weigh?" and he said three forty, he weighed more than that. He was trying to be nice. It's like you know, if somebody asked me what I weighed, I weigh two forty. Yes. No, I don't. I weigh about two fifty five. But I mean, like you know, I, you just naturally say it's like, how tall are you on your driver's license? I think mine says six foot. and I'm five ten. So, um, so, <laughs> so I think everybody cheats a little bit, you know, to the advantage. Um, with height and weight, and so that's why I said, what did you weigh coming out of COVID last year? And he said 360 and then kind of grinned. It was probably probably closer to 370. Either way, the kid's way different than what he was a year ago, and, he, and it shows it, the way he moves, um, the, way he, the way he carries himself, two totally different things. And, Rob,
0: Tennessee has to have him. I mean, he's yes. as important as anybody up front. When you look at their, their, their tackle depth, He's got to be a mainstay at the tackle spot.
2: Without no, no question. I mean, I mean, that's. I mean, it's, it's an obvious statement, but you can't stress how true it is. I mean, with this, with the injury to Calvert last week, you know, a guy that I, I imagine the staff felt pretty confident in as your as your sixth or seventh guy now you don't have much of a safety net on the edges on of offense.
0: No, I mean they've got they've got some bodies on the inside to work with. They don't have bodies on the outside to to, to do to do much with. I mean they're thin in numbers there. So what that five, who those five are going to be, how quickly they get to those five. I, I'd be curious to see um, if Glenn Elderby feels like he's got nine guys he can play, plug and play at any point. Uh, or, or if that was, that's not the case after a couple of scrimmages. Maybe it is. We'll we'll find out. We'll see what their, um, their their top five guys look like. Uh, other individuals, you think this is a, a big scrimmage for Rob, or, or a big week for? I think scrimmage. You can't place it probably on one thing. But but Austin talked about this is the time. This is the week where you kind of find out who's above the line, who's below the line, who can help you, who can't. Uh, in your eyes, who do you think is a big screen, the big week uh, for? I just,
2: I mean, not necessarily one of these individuals, but as a group, cornerback. How's that going to shake out? I mean, do the do the veterans fight off the transfers? I mean, what does what does the pecking order look like? Um, I got no idea. I got no real idea what's going on at nickel. Do you? I mean, Theo I mean, Jackson. Theo slaughter. Jackson
0: slaughter is really the only two candidates that you that you hear anything. Of. We'll see what Willie Martin Willie Martinez says. Later this week, but it feels like those are the only two guys.
2: Yeah, that's. I mean, to me, it's a it's a big week to you know figure out that position. But so secondary in general, I would say, you know, or can any of the young kids help you, or is it going to be status quo with safety with um, Jalen and and Flowers, and is there real competition at quarterback? You know, can Elante hold his spot? Does Tertius get in there? Um, what about about the other side? I think you got four guys that. You know, two that have played there and two that, that you brought in that, that are pretty talented. I think that's a pretty intense position battle.
1: I, I'm interested you know. to kind of see Danico Slaughter, Rob. I mean, you know, he, he's the guy that, you know, is, is pushing Theo Jackson at nickel. You know, and really it's kind of a two-man race right now until they eventually move somebody else over there. Um, you know, how much, you know, can Slaughter get done in this second scrimmage today that could potentially push Theo for, for more playing time?
2: Yeah, because, I mean, it's one of those classic – conundrums at nickel you know i mean as a coach you feel confident theo knows what to do and you know knows what he's seeing but is not going to always have the ability to to get there and do something about it whereas danico probably has the higher upside and, and not quite you know the feel for the position yep i think that's 100 percent right
0: and um how does that shake out and and how does that does that move forward this week because it feels like tennessee's going to move into game mode Pretty quickly here, maybe maybe a camp mode through the rest of this week, Austin. And then by the weekend, they're going to jump into into some pretty serious game prep and go a week and a half or or so um, with with prep for, for the season opener. I mean, is that the vibe that you get from over there that they're going to kind of shift out of game mode by the end of the weekend?
1: I would bet a lot of money that Tennessee names a starting quarterback by next Monday. So you think like,
0: you think when Heupel meets the media on Monday of Bowling Green week, he's going to name his starter?
1: Well, no, technically, no, no. next Monday, like it's technically about eleven days out before the first game. Um, you know, if you're talking about Tennessee starting, you know, game week this coming Monday, so basically six days from now, that's what I'm talking about. I think the starter, starting quarterback, will be named by them.
0: Okay. So this, this is, week, you're thinking this week it settles it.
1: Yes.
2: And this tells a comparison to quarterback, but it's you know some inside baseball talk. And since we just talked to Jerry Mack on on Monday, do you guys think the third tailback is going to be
1: Jalen Wright? But to me, that's the only, that's that's the main three, and ain't even close. The, the the other three, the other ones are way behind. So you so you got you got Evan, you got Small Evans and Wright, and, and yep. those three, and then there's
0: a dividing line there. Yep. Yeah, I I, I, I mean it doesn't feel like in, in listening to him, Rob. It didn't feel like and he wasn't knocking D beck with, but he seems like very defense, young but, in the position, yeah. Still got a lot to learn there. Uh, but Tyon Evans has been better than I think they thought that he would it be was
2: compared to Terrell Davis. Hey, on, on, easy, on easy, easy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, he was. That was Jerry Mack's comparison. I just kind of went, Oh, wait a minute now. I mean, wasn't Terrell Davis a 2,000 yard rusher in the NFL and yes. his Super Bowl, yes, Bowl two time Super Bowl champ? Yeah. Okay. Um, he, he said that's how he ran the outside zone. He reminded him of Terrell Davis on the outside zone. Although well, I, Davis I, was a former defensive back at Georgia who didn't play running back. I'm just say,
1: I, I, I always, you know, I always wonder what, what the coaches think up there. Like when they get some questions. There was Ben and then there was Mike Wilson that asked back-to-back questions about D Beckwith. You know, and I think everybody's enamored with the fact that he's big. And, you know, he has a certain skill set. But it's been pretty clear that with this new staff, he's been behind the others this whole time. So, I mean, like, um, you know, again, getting questions about a guy, but to get multiple questions, I think that's when, like, a coach is like, okay, I mean, I get he's big, but, I mean, like, let's focus on the, the guys that are really, you know, making some strides in fall camp. Surprised they haven't moved anybody position-wise? I like am.
2: That's that really surprised me.
1: Well, but Whitehead, you know, he he talked about the physicality that he brings. Yeah, you know, honestly, he a
2: linebacker. If, he said he was a high school linebacker.
1: Yeah, correct. And that's where he gets that from. I mean, like to me, he's the most the most common sense pick to move to linebacker, um, out of those running backs, or move to defense. Um, but I think that honestly, if you if you did a pecking order right now, you'd have the first three, and then I think number four would be Leneath Whitehead, and he's played less and and practiced less than any of them.
2: I hadn't thought of it that way. I, I don't know that there is a four. Um, I mean, don't you have to try to do something with Beckwith, If he, I mean, if you don't think he can play right back, I mean, he's a physical freak. I,
1: don't, I just don't know where they think they can play him. I don't think they feel like he's physical enough to play tight end, which means if you don't like physicality, do you really want to move – will he be a fit on defense? And then receiver, you know, I don't know if he runs well enough. He, it, it's kind of – he's kind of in this weird position where he's kind of, you know, what is he? they got to figure it out. Like, he's got to either get more physical – um or get faster don't you don't you think he's got he, he needs to show out
0: on special teams to, to kind of to force that force them to find him a place to play you know what I'm, you know what i'm saying like be, be a guy that that plays physical or, or shows up on teams and says hey i, I need more opportunities somewhere um you know because i think that's his that's his quickest path to, to the field is on special teams right now and then try to use that to to move him in a, into a spot on on the offensive side of the ball or a package or whatever to use him in in, in some way, um, but but we'll we'll see what happens with, with that one. Uh, among other guys, as again this this week Tennessee has um, their second major scrimmage coming up later today, and then the rest of the week practice, and then they'll start to slowly move towards a, a game week mode here. Um, early next week um or or middle of next week and and get moving in in that direction uh as we get ready to close out and go out the door here um austin uh, a couple things on the recruiting front as we wrap it up i know a lot of fans got a chance to see walter nolan uh in the jamboree on on friday night in knoxville and know he talked with the media a little bit we saw deshaun bishop uh go 73 yards for a touchdown with a with a cape on or a towel
1: or whatever he had <laughs>
0: flapping in the wings. Like when, you're
1: a- f- when you're as fast as he is, Hubs, you can get down there, you can get a little sun and you just lay your <laughs> towel out. Lay it out. It looked like he had a flag in the, in the, in the, in the bed of his pickup truck as he was
0: running down the sideline. What, what, what do you make of the Walter Nolan? Um, I mean, he says the top three, and he, uh, wh- wh- where is, wh- where is the, where is the Walter Nolan story right now? I guess is what I'm asking.
1: Well, I I think Tennessee um, is right up there. They're as high as anybody else is. And, uh, you know, they've done a really good job. Rodney's done a really good job. Again, I think crafting the narrative that that he's some lock for Tennessee is the wrong narrative to craft because I don't think it's a lock that he's coming to Tennessee. But I do think Tennessee has positioned themselves to a point where, like, that top three may change. I'm not sure Tennessee's leaving that top three. Um, I I think that that they're going to be in this all the way till the end. And uh, right now, I mean, I think Tennessee's positioned as well as anybody is. Do um, you think
0: Florida's going to be in that top three to the finish, or do you think Tennessee's I, a, the mainstay and, and everybody else could flex?
1: I think everybody else could could flex out. I really do. Um, you, know, uh, I, you know, A&M to me right now is Tennessee's biggest competition for Walter Nolan. Wow. A&M out
0: of the blue and, and, a, and a recruitment that's got a lot of out of the blue in it, It feel, it feels like as he tries to get settled in, uh at pow anything else on the recruiting front
1: no i, I'm I mean right now expected. yeah i mean again we're just waiting to kind of see what happens with alec A. O. manor um you know and see what happens there uh, i still think tennessee's got as good a shot as stanford does i don't think that uh, that stanford's ahead of tennessee or vice versa really for that matter i think that he's not really sat down and, and talking to the kid he told me i've just not sat down and, and and work towards it because at this point he's not been accepted to stanford um, I said, well, are, is that what you're waiting on? He goes, yeah, kind of. But I said, so is that where you're going to go if you get accepted? He goes, no. He goes, but there's nothing to think about if I don't get accepted to Stanford. So, um, you know, I, I think once that happens, because it'll happen, they're not going. I mean, kid's very smart. Uh, once that happens, then he'll start working towards the decision, and then we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens with that one. But it, to me, it's a two team race for sure, and I don't see anybody else able to get involved. I want both of y'all's take on this.
0: Tennessee, because they're playing on Thursday night. Will go out that first weekend um, and don't they don't have to get back into the office or, or come back in late at night to to go to a, you know work their game on Saturday they can stay out and go to games on Saturdays they can they can go further out because they're playing Thursday night and and get an early evaluation in on some guys is that a big advantage for Tennessee I mean or is that just that's a nice little perk to plan on plan on Thursday night.
2: I think it's a nice little perk. I don't think it's as, I mean, in the big picture, as nice as, you know, however many hundred hotels you didn't sell because people didn't drive in for the mid state and stay all day or, you know, but it is a nice, it's a nice perk for, you know, moving your game to Thursday, especially the first week of the season for, well, it's not the first week of the high school season, but first, you know, the first week of the college season when we can go out like, hey, we made it a point to get to your game, player X. And as you just mentioned, a lot this, this early in the year, a lot of high school games on Saturdays. So they, well, can, they can double dip.
1: I will continue to drive home the point that that Thursday night game, because of the fact that kids play on Friday, uh, they're just not going to have a lot of recruits there. So you're going to have your local kids. So Walter Nolan night, I think that's what's going to happen too. Walter Nolan night at Neyland Stadium for that Bowling Green game. And then the next night, Walter Nolan takes on Deshaun Bishop. So if you're a Tennessee fan and you're wanting to go to a high school game, you can go see a really – well, one of the top players, if not the top player, in the whole class of 2022, and then one of Tennessee's top targets in-state for class of 2023. Powell takes on Carnes the next night. You never know. You never know who may show up to that if the coach is out on the road. I'll say this.
0: Deshaun Bishop I thought looked good in the summer. He Early in the summer at camp, I thought he looked good Friday night. He was a good player a year ago in watching him play in high school. But I, I see a lot of upside to that one. I I do I, I I think he's I think he's got a real upside to his game I um I think a lot of schools are going to find him uh, over the course of the, of the next few months and, and try to get in there I may be wrong but I I just think I just see that guy really improving leaps and bounds the last four or five months Austin Well he's do you he's think Just he, hidden he's hidden at Caron What do you think he is uh, he's
2: Running back All him play What is, what running is he Running back in college?
0: I think he's, he's a, a tailback. Back. I think he's a tailback in college. I do because I think he's going to weigh, I think he's going to weigh what 210, 215? Yeah, I mean he's one ninety right now and and ripped, yeah, shredded. I, mean, I just I, I think he I think he can play running back. I really did. I mean a year ago I wasn't sure, you know, um, in watching him play, but uh, just seeing him at camp and kind of seeing how much bigger he's got, I, I think he can play running back. I, I, you I ought, to him, you, you know. ought to see him. You got to
1: see battle. See him what? got to see him dunk a basketball.
0: Good. Got a lot of explosive uh, athletic ability. Too. Uh, for all the
1: talk of Powell, the best part is Deshaun Bishop, to the best of my knowledge, is a Powell kid who, again, in Knox County you can file the waiver and you can, if you're coming from middle school to high school, you can, you know, if you're living in Powell, you can go to Carnes without a move. He's a Powell kid is my understanding that wanted to play basketball at Carnes because he thought Carnes and their basketball program was a better fit for him and ends up really blowing up in football. So he's an interesting story um, for sure. And, uh, you know, again, hidden over there at Carnes, hidden. All right, Rob, in the hoops world,
0: anything going on with that crew? Has classes start uh, on Wednesday, everybody's in tow and, and ready to go to the classes. They got about yeah, I mean, and seven Thursday, weeks before they practice?
2: Yeah, middle of October. and But, you know, they'll get after it pretty good in off-season workouts. You know, Preseason workouts, I guess, is more more accurate to call them now. But they'll be, you know, they'll be in the gym. There's going to be a lot of five on five stuff, all everyone in the gym together. But um, yeah, everybody headed back. Um, I guess the biggest thing I'm waiting to, to hear is uh, Fulkerson. How you know, how close is he to full go? it and mean, he's been he, he's been on schedule, no setbacks. And um, you know, do the freshmen continue to develop? And because you're going to need them. I mean, we saw last year that it's no matter how good they are you can't and it's tough to rely on those guys every night so i mean how good are they going to be and then what do you guys like fulkerson josiah james justin powell who he's on he's half a freshman himself after playing just half a season last year what do they get from them but a lot of optimism over there right now i know i know the coaching staff likes the culture they like the energy that these kids have and uh you know it's it, it's on the back burner for a while but they're excited about what they've got
0: you know and I, I know that um the, the summer is really important. how How big is this summer for those freshmen? and And is it more physical or is it more mental for the improvement of those guys? Is it more weight gain for, um, you know, for a guy like Chandler or 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 Huntley Hatfield, or is it more of the mental side of things with Rick Barnes, or is it? You think it's a combination because those guys last well, year I think did it's, not get the summer.
2: I, I think it's definitely, without question, a combination of both, and and maybe. You know, skill-wise, you can definitely add some things to your game. You can – and probably maybe as much as anything with this staff, you can take some things out of some kids' game. Like, you know, Brandon, you can worry about that, you know, the summer after your rookie year. We don't need you to, you know, hit step back, fall away three-pointers here in, in Knoxville. You can worry about that, you know, when, when you're playing in summer league uh, in, in a couple of years. But, I mean, I think, I think getting guys – It's it's nothing to all get done in the summer, but getting guys to understand their roles, to play within themselves right now. Like, yeah, Brandon, in in two years, you probably will be able to cross somebody over from the top of the key, drive left-handed down the lane, and and hit a fadeaway off the bank. But right now, let's let's, let's don't worry about that. And then the middle side, I think it's really important for those kids to get used to exactly what playing for this crazy SOB is like in in practice every day. And so it's not just a shock for you. When, when October gets here, that man—he's so nice. He's, he was so nice at lunch today, and he was joking with my mom on the phone. Just and, and now he looks like he's going to throw a basketball. <laughs> you know? I think that takes some getting used to.
0: Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that, and um, that, that's a big part of this summer. So we'll continue to follow the growth and development of this basketball team, but certainly. The priority right now is on the football front, Tennessee, with their second major scrimmage coming up uh, later today. We'll have coverage of that. Coach Heupel to visit with the media here in just a bit, and then we will have continued football coverage and recruiting coverage throughout the remainder of this week, and obviously getting you ready for Tennessee and Bowling Green uh, coming up uh, just around the corner, just, uh, just over two weeks away from kickoff of this season. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast. For Austin Price and Rob Lewis, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, everybody.